Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, Answers for Healing and Infinite Love, a tale of spiritual awakening, healing energies, miracles, and ways to find your true self, which is always worthy of love and infinite possibilities for success. Today I am most delighted to welcome Barbara Jaffe, author of When Will I Be Good Enough? The book is about helping replacement children understand and accept their own challenge journeys, and Barbara reveals her own difficult childhood as a replacement child for a brother who had died. I have, as an intuitive healer and medium, shared so many sorrows and suffering with clients who have lost children, uh, but have never discussed the topic of a replacement child and the confused and hurtful messages they must often receive from parents who have been traumatized by the loss of a child and uh, are looking for a way and, and for hope for healing their marriages and family with the addition of another child. Hello, Barbara, and thank you for joining us on Healing From Within today. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for having me on your program. Right, and I hope today's show will also help parents, all parents, remind them uh, that often the compassion and the comparison and expectations we have for our children uh, and the competition that we sometimes set up for them uh, can create an inability of the child to love and trust themselves, and this can lead to a lifetime of self-doubt and conflict. So, Barbara, as listeners of this show well know, my guests and I share intimate stories which offer a view of the universal laws of energy, which, when understood and utilized, help us merge our spiritual and physical lives to create beautiful, fulfilling lives of joy and happiness, despite the hardships of our childhood traumas and wounds. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Barbara Jaffe, who is an English professor and current fellow in UCLA's Department of Education and was honored as Outstanding Woman of the Year and Distinguished Teacher of the Year, will share her journey and difficulties as a replacement child, uh, many of whom are often thought of, either by themselves or others, as less than by comparison to the lost child. We will hopefully remind ourselves how important it is to embrace and love each child just as they are and to guide them through any challenge, challenges with the support of the complete family. Barbara, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, event, or goal that was important to them, for I feel the seeds for our development and life path are and life journey are already present at the beginning. Nothing is random, not even the circumstances of our family uh, dynamics. So everything is right for our destiny and our soul journey. So think back for a minute. Yes, that's so beautifully said, and I so agree with you. Um, I think one of the most important people in my life was um, a person I never actually met, and that was the brother who was born before me and who died before I was born. And because of his uh, untimely and very sad death, I was born. 
and while I never knew him, I felt his presence around me. Um, in the pictures around the house, we were not allowed to talk about him or ask questions about him to my mother, but he certainly was an entity. And I do feel that he has been on this journey with me, and um, while I am so sad that he had to pass away, um, I feel that he has um, strengthened me and empowered me and given me um, a lot of um, encouragement on my own life's journey. Absolutely. And, you know, we do have a plan before we come. And his plan was exactly the way it was. Maybe because he could help the family or you to do something that would in turn pass it on or pass it forward because nothing is left uh, to sheer design. It is, it, 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 there is no random pattern to any one of our lives, and we're all interconnected. And I, as a medium, know we have a time to come and a time to go, and nothing is ever lost because uh, they and spirit continue with us in learning and sharing and loving. And while not in a body, uh, their energies are all around and participating on a multi-dimensional level of life. So um, it was as it was meant to be, and I know we always wish loved ones to be here, but it may not be in their best interest or ours for that to to happen. So whatever happens is right. Yes, right? I absolutely agree with you. All right, but for our audience, um, what is a replacement child? And have you always defined yourself in this way? Okay, so a replacement child is, is literally a child who is born to replace, even though, of course, we can't replace another human being, to replace the child in that family. So um, in general, parents have decided to have X amount of children, their family is complete, and then tragically something happens, and they decide to have another child. In, in the case of my parents, um, I already had, I had an older brother, he, I have an older brother, and then Jeffrey was born as the second child, and when he died, um, he, they were encouraged to have another child immediately. In fact, when my mother, during her um, grief period, the doctor came over to her and tried to literally slap her on the face to snap her out of her grief. How tragic and horrible. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and then she, um, a few months later, was pregnant with me. She wanted to give my brother a sibling. Um, but interestingly, I never really felt that I was the replacement child. I never looked at myself as that, but intuitively I felt less than. I felt that I had to do things a lot more than another person um, for the same amount of energy. I had to, my most important mission was to make my mother happy and to make sure she noticed me. And she never really came out of the huge grief that she experienced. She had good days and days that were struggles. She suffered from depression. And, of course, I felt that it was something that I did when, of course, it had nothing really to do with me. It was her own processes. Um, it was at a time where um, therapy wasn't necessarily the focus of helping people. There were not support groups, anything like that. So um, I just felt that in terms of my self-esteem, my self-worth, my self-confidence, those were all areas of my life that I felt um, were very uh, much of a challenge for me. And all, all children, indeed all of us, 
think that we can make another person happy, and we try so very hard, but it, we can't. Happiness comes from within each person's individual soul energy, and uh, it doesn't come from the outside world. And the more people that know this, parents, teachers, and who help children to understand they weren't born or created to make another person happy. They were born to seek more knowledge about themselves and to uh, find more joy in living and to shed that energy out into the world. And, you know, the characteristics you're talking about and the problems of a replacement child lend themselves really to many other groups of people. For example, people affected by having an alcoholic uh, husband or wife or parents, a depressed parent or a detached, emotionally detached parent, or an abusive parent, because the quality is the same. It's still knowing that you're trying to make this other person or want this other person to be happier and feeling you are the responsible one. And it happens in so many families. I would say almost in all families, in one yes, way I or think, another. Yeah, yeah yes, right? you're absolutely right. So the, the, I wrote the book through the lens of a replacement child in terms of feeling not good enough in many areas of my life. However, I realized, and, and that's why I decided to have it published, was that many people could relate we, to feel maybe less than at least some segment of one's life and maybe growing up with a sibling who required extra attention or being compared. So you're right, absolutely. Many you did. People can, and yeah. in the book you showed that. You showed these conditions would apply to almost every family and uh, in approaching our, our lives in a more spiritual way uh, instead of the societal training we have and uh, appreciating life not only by a materialistic uh, lens, uh, we can move past a lot of these psychosomatic, emotional, physical issues and addictions that our society is dealing with. And in my book, The Living Spirit, in regard to these thoughts you and I are talking about, I wrote, after realizing that my life was the result of my choices, as we are the result of a divine plan that we are born with, I have surrendered many of my illusionary fears and asked spirit to direct and guide me towards the fulfillment of my life and spiritual purpose. Of course, I, like others, still possess human frailties and at times have misinterpreted thoughts. However, I hope to continue in small increments to develop unconditional love for others without expectation. Doesn't every human heart seek to love without judgment? When we accept each other with our earthly limitations, without wanting to change, fix, or blame each other, then a greater sense of peace and freedom will be established. And that's what we're talking about in terms to the children born into families that have had great suffering, and, and there's blame, and there's anger, and there's judgment. Emotions can be felt, but we can move past them and not linger in them. Then we have a chance to get into the higher emotions, which are joy and peace and love and resilience and, and caring for ourselves and others. So that's, that's what uh, we're hoping people are going to learn how to do after reading your and book and 
and seeing, you know, the, the way forward to do some of this. Absolutely, and I fully believe what you said, that despite any challenges we might have in our lives, we can live fulfilling, wonderfully enriching and serene lives. And that is something that I have um, been able to appreciate in my own journey. I know, like you said, I needed to go through what I needed to go through in order to come out to having this fulfilling life. Right, and being able to write your book and help people. And we, we, everything we go through is just preparation for the soul to become um, refined and filled with greater compassion and love. And some of us are meant to share it through writing, through music, through art, uh, through families, however it's meant to come out. It, it, we have the opportunity through our experiences and then look what can come from it. So many wonderful things. So what are the areas of your life that you feel were the most affected by your position as in a, a replacement child? Um, well, as I said, initially I wanted to make my mother happy, and that pretty much then expanded to most everybody. I, wanted, I became an extreme people pleaser, wanting to um, make everyone happy and um, that made me more of a perfectionist, which, mm-hmm. of course, is a very difficult path because there's no such thing. And um, it, I always felt just less than somebody else with regards to many things. Um, on a positive side, working very hard, I was able to create a wonderful career for myself. Um, I had a strong education. I loved school. I created that world for myself. But I think um, with others, I just felt that I needed to keep proving myself. And I think for that, you know, it was very hard, but coming to the realization. Yeah. Right. Coming to the realization that I, the only person I really had to prove anything to was myself. That's and it. That, <laughs> and, and coming to the realization that I was just good enough just the way I am. Bingo. That's as it. As we all are. You, you know, I was the same type of kid. I was a people pleaser, uh, but I was the middle child, and uh, I think my parents had wished for a boy, and maybe somehow as an intuitive, I sensed that I was a little tomboy as a child, you know, I played baseball, and I maybe sensed that that's what my mother had wanted, and she wasn't as happy either, and you say your father was able to adjust and to you and with you and for you. And so I had the same thing with my father and mother. Uh, But as a result, yeah, I had to be a perfectionist too. And I spent a long time in realizing that it's not possible in this world, in this physical world, and that we're good enough just the way we are. We have so much to offer. And so I came from a different family dynamic than you, but I dealt with some of the challenge that you had also. Yes, it's, it's interesting. interesting. I think so many of these are, are universal challenges that we are up against. Mm-hmm. So let's go on to, have you had, had any health problems that you might be related to this emotional interference during childhood? Um, no, no health problems. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. Early on, I, I definitely create, um, evolved into having an eating disorder, okay. and that was part of the perfectionism. That mm-hmm. was part of the dynamic I had with my mother, and so certainly um, that is something that I have struggled with um, often on my entire life. Yeah, and absolutely it came from 
the conditions outside of you. You weren't born with that. You you developed that in response to a discomfort, a feeling of your soul uh, not being as comfortable and grounded in the physical due to all uh, the other issues from other people and the energy that you were receiving and the perceptions and thought patterns because they affect us. We're all affected by each other. And you don't have, you know, you can walk into a room and if there's someone who's very angry there, even those of us who are not empathic, as empathic, I guess we all are a bit, we'll feel it physically. Yeah. We'll feel uncomfortable. It's mm-hmm. a, all about energy. Our thoughts are energy. Everything is of a vibration and we're all affected by each other from the minute that we're born. Actually, even before we're born. We're we're starting to be affected by everything around us. But let's go on to, you you started to talk about your parents. You described that both of your parents responded to their son's death differently. Uh, What was your father's response? Well, my father um, was very busy at work, and I think he just um, went into his job even more. Um, he would he walked on eggshells around my mother, um, very protective of mm. her. Um, he did not have any of the issues that my mother did in terms of um, looking at me differently or wanting something to be different with me. I think he appreciated me just the way that I was, and he I always sensed unconditional love from him, whereas my mother it wasn't always it, there were some conditions. So um, he he was more willing to talk about my brother, um, to talk about the memories that he had, but was never around my mother. So he used to do that pretty much in, in quiet, just with myself. Um, but he you had know, a different way of yeah. dealing with the grief. Yeah. Yes. And uh, during the time, I guess, when you were born and when your brother passed, and the, what you told me about the doctor, how he responded so inappropriately coming in and smacking her and saying, get into life and have another child. Mm-hmm. And that was the thinking in the 50s and 60s. And it was really unrealistic and harsh not to harsh. be allowed to feel our emotions, discuss our emotions, and share our emotions. And women were expected to live a different life at that time. Most of the women were not working, and the family was their whole, you know, point of being so your father as you said had his career and your mother felt like a failure that she had lost a child and couldn't keep her family together and that of course is very archaic thinking primitive and it's it's good that it's changing now yeah it's very sad i have tremendous compassion for her yes have had to experience that right well the women of that time my mother also Mm-hmm. had to deal with, uh, well, yeah, we're seeing it now in these times, too. There's still all these, now we're talking about sexual harassment and sexual abuse and uh, and a lot of things women have been denied uh, yes. in, in advancing their career and their talents and their thoughts. So this this started then when our parents you know, we're young, but we're still living with a lot of the complications. But I feel and I sense that there's so much change and there is such an evolution going on now. 
and and as we go along it will get better and better and just discussing these things leaves the possibilities for so much new creation in people's thinking and in the way people will live and share with each other so i think that's that's wonderful that we're talking about all this do you feel that brothers and sisters of chronically ill siblings as well as those in blended families like step sisters and brothers can have similar issues to those of replacement children and also can a child born after the death of a sibling flourish despite his or her placement Yes, um I think that the issues that a replacement child has can be very similar to other children in families as you said blended or adopted um or having an ill sibling where mm-hmm. the parents are focused on that absolutely. But I also feel as you said that that children that are replacement children or any child really that has challenges growing up can live a beautifully fulfilled life. And it's all about the journey and and the communication. I think so much can happen when parents can talk to their children about what's going on. Um, If my parents were able to talk to me about the passing of my brother and shared their feelings and explained how very hard it was, yet they did want to have me. And mm-hmm. and it would have come a, uh, gone a long way, I think, um, just for healing for my mother and for all of us. I think that would have made a, a huge difference. And that's why, like you said today, things are better. We are talking about issues, yeah. and that's so That important. was a very secretive time. Yes, after After World War II, when... Ah, the economy and, uh, you know, the hope for the American dream and every family having uh, a home, you know, everyone, they were all perfectionists. (laughs) They were all living in a reality that couldn't be sustained. So that that is changing. That is And growing up, it it was important that we, you know, not air any dirty laundry, that we keep things to ourselves, and and that, that can be very hard also. Yeah, that that that's yeah. I I didn't do very well in that department because I'm sort of an open book. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yes, I grew up in a family exactly like that. Uh, so let's go on to what was your path of discovery? How did you, as you say it, put yourself back together? In other words, how did you persevere despite feeling less than? I think when I went away to college and I was on my own for the first time, I began my journey to seek answers and clarification and wholeness. And um, it was the time of the 70s, and I I looked into a lot of different spiritual um, groups, um, a lot of uh, therapy, a lot of introspection, a lot of writing, a lot of groups. And my own academic education um, allowed me to just begin to get answers and to see myself as the beautiful whole person that I was meant to be. So um, that, I think, had a, a, a lot to do with my journey forward. Yeah, and you wrote this. It sort of explains what you were just saying. Over the years, I spent countless hours reading self-help books. I had my own therapy with different therapists, two wonderful caring individuals who guided me to my own realizations and breakthroughs. They also validated me and helped me work through my own insecurities. The voice of insecurity became 
more of a whisper of my inner strength of perseverance and determination to become whole again, become stronger. I was willing to examine the pieces of myself that were off, that made me uncomfortable, and the elements of my life that could make me happier and serene with diligence. And it's true. Children lose bits and pieces of themselves or their little soul essence in encountering traumas. And we do have the ability as we mature to bring it back to ourselves, to gather it back to ourselves. So I want to thank you, Barbara Jaffe, author of When Will I Be Good Enough for Sharing Your Remarkable Insights into a Challenge of Self-Doubt and Fear of being less than perfect, or whether being a replacement child or simply being a human being thrown into the complexity of life within the framework of constant emotional changes, challenges, and the expectations of so many perspectives from those people around us. And this is for all of us. To learn more about this topic, go to barbaraannjaffe.com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have discussed one of the most challenging experiences a family and child may go through. That is the loss of a child and then replacement of that child with another child so the family might heal and go forward to create a new life. As a medium, I myself have experienced the pain of families, but I've also received the joyful messages of love, renewal, and afterlife from souls that convey that life goes on, learning goes on, and all experiences are neither good nor bad, just experiences that provide an energy of learning for our souls to advance in greater compassion and love. This knowledge has allowed me to allow, accept, and surrender to life's many challenges And when I share this truth with those who feel pain or guilt or blame or sorrow or anger or disillusionment as a result of loss or tragedy, I often see the beautiful, peaceful look of light come on their face as they realize that nothing is lost and we can be blessed with this awareness and find peace and joy in life here and beyond. Barbara and I would have you know, beyond the shadow of a doubt, you were born with a magnificent, unique spirit and heart, and are one of a kind, and are indeed good enough from the beginning. So you only have to remind yourself of that on a daily basis, and love the gift of your life. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing From Within, and invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read about and listen to authors who delve into the mysteries of their own life challenges to find ways to encourage a more realistic approach to truth and a way of finding justice and the way to live uh, with heart and soul reverence. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.